time. Oh, you know what I'm interesting. saying? Yeah. Interesting. I wonder if you could like screen grab that one little piece and like put it on your other <laughs> monitor. It'll be fine. I can kind of see it. In the distance. In the distance. On that note, hello everyone and welcome to episode 19 of the Egg Sausage Podcast. I am Gigi Nabyar, joined by my lovely co-host over there, the Dapper Dame. And tonight we're getting deep and personal. So everybody just <laughs> hang on, you know, take, get some popcorn out, take your snacks out because uh, we are chatting about not life lessons, but love lessons. Yeah. I was just kind of thinking, you know, once you reach like a certain point in like the dating world and you've had like past relationships and experiences, you kind of learn from those and you're like, all right next time around gonna do this a little differently yeah yeah i think just off the bat i think there was like a threshold age for me and i don't know if that coincided with other things that were going on in my life but i really felt like once i hit 25 or so i like had a a much different grasp on relationships and i guess but yeah but life too when, do, you, do you feel like you had like an age where you like kind of like had the light bulb go off on like what you should see in a partner? Um, so in which way do you mean change like in maturity or in type or like what did you notice? Um, kind of all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> um, so like a little background, like I had a very serious girlfriend for three and a half years when I was, was 22. So right around okay. that age, you know, it was like 25 and a half, 25, you know, was when we broke up finally. And that was sort of the jump off point, I guess, for like having really like not that not that great of relationships, sucky relationships, to be completely honest. So it was, you know, I guess from 25 and the next couple years that really molded uh molded me because I don't think I learned very much from my very first like super long serious relationship. So How long is super long? I think super long in my world anyway is three years. I think that's super long because okay. I don't know. I, I have this number in my head that like five years is the shit or get, you know, shit or get off the toilet type of uh type of, you know, way of looking at, like, you know, do I need to, like, yeah, it, it, if I'm still with this person and I still feel positive about them, I should probably just marry them type of thing. Have and you hit five years? I've never anybody? hit five. I've never hit five years. Have you? Okay. I'm currently in my longest relationship ever. And we passed three years in September. How does it feel? <laughs> it doesn't feel like three years I'm, to be no, honest. Okay. I, I, yeah. That's what I was more like. I was hoping that you wouldn't answer that. Like literally as in like, how is your relationship? But yeah. Okay. Oh God. It's going so <laughs> well. <laughs> Can you imagine if I was just like the days dragged <laughs> <by>? <laughs> Yeah. The, like the podcast just takes a really deep, dark turn. Like, oh. Oh God. <laughs> no, I feel like I can talk about these kind of like love lessons because like one, I'm in a happy healthy relationship so i know what that feels like absolutely and then also i've had a lot of 
not happy and not healthy relationships. So I know what those look and feel like. Yeah, I think especially with with intimate relationships, you really it's trial by fire, right? Like you have to you have to go through those shitty ones to you know, really be opened up to. I mean, cuz like how many times do you really hear like Oh, so and so married their high school sweetheart, or so and so married their their college sweetheart. Even, mm-hmm. I mean, that is just you don't hear about that anymore. You really don't. And Not as often as you know, maybe like forty years ago. Right, correct. In in retrospect of that, yes, uh, because back then everybody did that. But I think people back mm-hmm. then were more apt to settle. And why is that? I I honestly don't know. There's this guy at work and he's probably in like his 70s and he was asking me the other day about like my boyfriend and like are you happy? How long have you been together? blah blah blah. He was like honestly asking probably too personal of questions for a like a day in a supermarket. A little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he was like yeah, you know, if if you get married, make sure it's the right one. And I was like I mean, I'm happy, so Thanks, that pal. matters. <laughs> yeah, and then he was like, yeah, so the the lady that I married, we started dating a week after I met her, and then we got engaged six months into dating, and then married on their one-year anniversary. Okay. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're telling me, like, make sure it's the right one. Yeah. Like, How did you know in six months that, like, yep in it for life but they're still married they're still together okay i'm glad that has a happy ending because i totally thought you were gonna take the you know you were gonna throw me the curveball of they just crash and burned but i mean (laughs) teach their own i guess i I feel like i mean definitely i i honestly you know am on this like three to five year scale but the older i get the more i'm like okay maybe because I do have the experience of past relationships, good and bad, that I could decide a little faster now. But if you asked me in my 20s, I would 100% be like, yeah, no, three to five years has to be like three years at the very, very minimum for me to even consider marriage or whatever, you know, which is a whole other conversation too. If, you know, we could even go with like the whole is marriage worth it uh, routine, you know? Like, but that that could be a whole podcast. (laughs) It could, it could, honestly. Um, I don't know. I never thought about like marriage being at a certain time frame, um, if at all. You know, Mm. I just thought it was like something that like both people just kind of like, well, we're doing it, you know, like that's interesting. In its nature, it's spontaneous, you know, like proposals are supposed to be like out of the blue, but I kind of saw this coming, you know? Right, right. <laughs> I, I like that take on it, though, like the more spontaneity side of it, because mm-hmm. I just I like I like spontaneity. So, well, I guess I don't know that that's a whole mixed bag, I guess. But still, I like spontaneity in, in what we're talking about with proposals and stuff, because. Yeah, it should be more of less like a mutual just like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to we're going to do this. It's going to be awesome. Seems good. Seems good. And let's just pat yeah. each other on the back and 
on we How go. do you feel about like the the gender swap of the um proposal? Like girls proposing to their husbands or future husbands? We could also talk about the taking of the last names as well, that gender swapping thing. Yeah. Um That's very traditional to take the last name. Right, of the of the male. Yeah. Um I honestly like it wouldn't bug me because I feel like if I was proposed by a woman that you know was I guess progressive enough to do it, I mean, yeah, cool. But would like, you like tear up and like fan your face? <laughs> like, oh my god, I didn't see this coming. Is there a photographer here? What? Get <laughs> my good side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me strike a pose. Uh, uh, no, I mean, my reaction would definitely be probably pretty typical male, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, or like, hopefully this would never come to it. But, you know, if, 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 if the answer really was no, I, I couldn't imagine, like, I just can't even imagine what it's like saying no, first of all, in that position. It takes a lot of balls. You haven't had it, you haven't had to say no, right? At any point in time. We're getting really deep. No. I, okay. So I never thought I would share this with any, okay. I, anybody. But okay. Here I was we go. engaged in high school. Okay. Um, I was in a super goth like phase of my life. And he proposed to me with a ring that was like a black widow. And like the body of it was like an onyx like gem. And then it was like in the pocket of a trench coat. <laughs> perfect. So perfect. This sounds so embarrassing and cringy. And I want to punch like 17 year old, 17 year old me like in the face. But <laughs> I said yes. And Ooh. I definitely thought it was going to be like forever. And then um, my mom found out and we moved. Ooh, <laughs> that is one way to terminate that. Just it's, that seems like pretty old fashioned. You know what? Like, all right, fuck this town. There's yeah, nothing here for us. That yeah. is that's one way to like cut the head off of that beast is to just straight up sever it. Yeah, sever. Like, not even like you're not allowed to see him anymore. No, like, yeah, straight up ending it. <laughs> what was what was the allotted time between? when you said yes and you guys moved was it like a couple weeks was it a couple months a couple days less than a month 100 percent. i feel shit. like it was less than two weeks Holy realistically shit. She, i was i did not expect it she came home with like a stack of boxes under her arm one day threw them on the floor and was like start packing oh, and i was like <gasps> <laughs> yeah like it was intense that, so that was that's... my only engagement experience ever and that was like i didn't really have a say in it <laughs> <laughs> it was over regardless i was 17 didn't have a car couldn't drive we moved like 20 miles away so, <laughs> so 20 miles was a lot because you couldn't drive that's a lot when you're 17 Absolutely. i biked there one time ever and i was like we should break up <laughs> <laughs> That is an amazing story. I I have nothing to top that as far as uh, anything close to that. Dude, I'm blushing so hard right now because I'm just like cringing <laughs> at the choices I've made in life. <laughs> but I've learned. I've learned you don't take a Black Widow 
ring out of a trench coat and just be like, yeah, of course. I think the moral of the story is you just don't propose in high school, period. Like, that may sound a little harsh, but... don't recommend. You are so naive and you have so much life to live that, like, you need to go out and fuck up before... Yeah. You know, like... (laughs) So that was, before this relationship, that was my longest relationship. Okay. And Um, how long, wait, how long was that again? Did I miss that? Did you say that? My current relationship is three years. Yeah, the one... My previous, where I was 17, was two years. Two years, okay, okay. So still a considerable amount of time, and I could see why high school you was like, two years? This, this is a fucking eternity. I'm totally going to be with this person forever. It was a huge part of your life when you're not that old. Yeah, you don't have <laughs> shit going on. Like, you're barely going to class because you hate high school. Who fucking did it? And, you know, mm-hmm. you're like, m- maybe you're playing video games or like skateboarding or, you know, playing an instrument. Maybe. Like, your your significant other is like, you're attached at the hip at that age, especially. Like, even... My relationship in my early 20s, you know, my three and a half year relationship, we were together all the fucking time. We both had Mm -hmm. part time jobs. We both hung out in like the same social circles. Yeah, we were together all the time, all the time. So did you date in high school? Mm, Not really. I was pretty much like a geeky nerd that was known but didn't really i didn't really have many ways with the women i guess maybe i was just too picky (laughs) i still am picky so i definitely didn't date a lot of people and the ones that i did minus like the one that gave me a trench coat um were very short yeah so you were like yeah three years is like a good benchmark five for marriage for me when i was that age i was like three months (laughs) if I'm not like ew then we can stay together (laughs) that that was my measuring stick (laughs) under the age of 20 (laughs) that's awesome that's Uh, awesome I didn't want to put up with like bullshit so I was like well in three months if like this isn't working or it is working then you know we'll continue or just you know cut the head off well I feel like again you're you're going to regress like if if you from some years from now, if you're trying to start a new relationship, you're going to probably be like, yo, I don't want the bullshit anymore. Like I'm going to know within a year or whatever, you know? Yeah. So, um, I mean, you do learn a lot on like your, your first couple like hangouts and dates and stuff together. But when I was younger, so like, you know, high school version of me, um, I didn't know that you could date someone before they really knew who they were or I really knew who I was. So yeah. like, this has happened to me and my sister where we have dated. I think I've dated two. She's dated one um, dudes who didn't know that they were gay yet or didn't oh. like quite, you know, come to terms with it. Yeah. And I think they call it like a beard, like the lady who dates a guy who is gay but doesn't know is, you know, the beard. I didn't know that was a term. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, like, I dated, yeah. <laughs> I dated this guy, and he had a frohawk. Um, okay. So he he was black. So he had like type four, very like curly hair, but he had a mohawk. Respect. But it was like a a fro. Respect. It was intense. That and I is was just intense. Like, I was like, that's a bold move, my dude, and I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like sometimes when, you know, like people with like regularly straight hair don't have a, uh, like their hair spiked up, then right. they can just lay it down or put it in the ball cap. There's no getting around a fro hawk. Yeah. It no, is that, just it's, like it's there. It's pronounced through that social tension. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he turned out to not be, what do you call it? Like on my team later down the line. Yeah, and I was just like, "Well, uh, does this mean like I'm not either?" Like, I I don't know. I had like a lot of like questions when I was younger, and uh, I didn't know for a long time that being bisexual was a thing. I thought you had to do like like either you were lesbian or you were gay or you were straight. There's nothing in between. Yeah. You know? So for the longest time, I was like, "All right." I think I'm gay. Like, <laughs> and I've been, oh, dude, it was so embarrassing. I came out to like part of my family, like not my mother, but I came out to like my, like my aunt and my cousin. And I was like, all right, guys, I like this girl. We're dating. I'm gay. And they're like, I don't think you know what that means yet. But, but okay, honey, we love you. <laughs> your mom, your mom would have moved in two days instead of two weeks. <laughs> oh my god, dude! We have to run dude. away from the gay. <laughs> dude, she moved states. Like yeah. we moved so far. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, there was one trip we made, um, like up north. My my mother was like going to school. And she had like a, a tiny apartment that she rented like up by her school. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, you know, let's um, let's send your sisters to like her dad's house and then me and you can bring a friend. We'll all go on like this little vacation together. So I brought my girlfriend and she didn't know. Oh, shit. Look at yeah. you. <laughs> she found out by the end of the trip. But at oh. the beginning, she didn't know. <laughs> How, how sneaky of you <laughs> i just found it very um it was interesting to see how like she treated her like in right. the beginning like oh hi blah 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 it's really nice to meet you i'm glad you could come with us to like giving her like that scowl and like the the rear view mirror like as you drive home you know <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and what age was that at Mm, that was like 15, 16, somewhere in high school, but not like in the later okay. years. Okay. Not into the say yes to a proposal years. Oh <laughs> not, my God. Not, yeah. Not <laughs> 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 I, I don't even think the thought to even buy a ring has crossed my mind. In all honesty. Really? Yeah. I've had a couple friends recently where like their significant others, they're like, you know, this person better than I do. And then they show me the ring and I'm like, I don't know, dude, looks great. Like <laughs> what makes it bad? What makes it good? Like it's, it's always just like a silver band with like a fucking big diamond on it. And maybe like, some little ones next to it. It, it depending, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, 
I don't think she's going to give a shit if it's a circle or a square. Like, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I, I love listening but... to those commercials where it's like, we have Takuri and whatever other fucking bullshit, like, blood diamond, you know, designs that they all do. And we I'm just... have hexagonal cubic zirconium. Yeah. They, they, like, have all of these, like, really, like, snooty names for names of, like, ring designs. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. listen, it, it, it's a nice gesture as it is. Because, you know, there's also the social pressure, uh, the, the social tradition, the whatever you want to call it, of mm-hmm. a man having to spend three months of salary at least on a ring. What the fuck is I've, that? I've I've heard that benchmark before and what I is don't that? understand. I guess that just means like when you open the box, like depending on what's in there, like means how much money you have. If you spent three months worth of money on that right. thing. Right. But that seems very fiscally irresponsible to be like three months of my money, wear it on your hand. And if you have to throw down for the wedding and for the honeymoon. And that's like, only the engagement ring. Where's the e- wedding ring? Exactly. Exactly. Yikes. Is that, so, what is that a year's salary? <laughs> very, very good question. We but, don't talk about that But one. here's the thing, too. <laughs> you know, like for someone like myself, I yes, I would still like to get a nice ring if I do decide to propose to somebody, right? Sure. But like, what is this fucking benchmark? Like, are you telling me that the ring is not good enough if I don't spend three months salary on it? Like, think about these things, Uh, people. Think about if you if you are thinking about proposing to your significant other, whether you are a male or a female or whatever you identify with, just just think about it. okay? and also, if you're on the receiving end, I'm just on a little high horse right now. If you're on the receiving end, be fucking grateful. (laughs) That's all I have to say. Be grateful. I'm, I would hope that whoever you're potentially giving this to is grateful because if they're not, maybe that's a red flag. Yes. Completely agree. I could not agree more. But if you know that you're with somebody that is super materialistic and look, if that's what does it for you, then yeah probably should spend you know what fuck it let's spend more than three months worth of salary on the ring because you're probably gonna need it (laughs) yeah i mean personally i've always leaned more towards like and i know this is a relatively new thing but like not always like looks great but get a tattoo Mm, instead yeah and i mean i i know that like what is it in um like hinduism like the ladies do like their whole left hand oh really instead of just like a ring yeah and they do it in like that henna kind of style yeah i've seen that i thought it was just henna so like they actually get it tattooed i know that there's like a henna ceremony for sure i'll have to like back check this later yeah but they they do you know um like part of like the headband and then the hands and like even like the palms and everything and then i think they get like an actual tattoo oh i i could be wrong on that but i think it's like in that like henna color it's not black well i fully support Um, that and i feel like i'm just gonna have a tattoo maybe a couple tattoo artists at my at my wedding my future wedding (laughs) that may or may not happen and we'll just all get tattoos. It'll be a great time. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've never been tattooed at a wedding before. That would be a new experience. I've, I want to get tattooed at a party. 
Like, have you ever gone to a party and like just seen somebody like giving shady tattoos? I'm like, I know that's a bad idea, but I just kind of want to cross it off the bucket list anyway. <laughs> so I was at one when I was like seven and my mom was getting a tattoo. Um, she just got like this little like yellow rose with like two green leaves like on her foot. But yeah. yeah her and like seven of her friends were all getting like little tattoos from mm. just like this dude. I mean, they looked okay, but my mother is probably like five shades darker than me, like a deep shade of espresso. Sure. So getting a yellow rose, real difficult for that to show up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we live and we learn. We live and we learn. <laughs> I know, right? But I'm sure she paid like 20 bucks or something. Oh, for it, yeah. So yeah, fine. exactly. But yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole, like the whole tradition of marriage, the older I get just seems a little weird to me. I just think you have any like family members that are like, when are you going to get married, Ray? Oh, 100%. So I have going to have kids, Ray. (laughs) I don't know if I've mentioned this on stream, but I'm part of a big Catholic, Catholic based family. Um, I have 42 first cousins and then like however many cousins Mm -hmm. once removed so my cousin's kids and they of course are always hanging out and i'm like who the fuck are you who the fuck are you like identify yourself um name tags yeah name tags seriously but i am one of the last cousins out of the 42 or getting closer to uh to being not married uh so and uh i do occasionally get pressure not really anymore these days uh, but yeah, it's, it's more or less just kind of like we we're it's 2020. So like, well, my, it's nice that they like eased off instead of like laying it on thicker, you know? Yeah. I, well, my family is really cool. I mean, they've like, they've progressed with the times. So it, that's, that's kind of, yeah, it's, it's nice. It's nice. Cause, uh, I, I mean, there was definitely a point where, I saw all of my cousins my around my age getting married and I'm like, well, <laughs> there goes there goes that train. <laughs> Dude, that's like all my friends right now cuz I'm in, you know, like my mid to getting to late 20s. You're in that prime of- age. Dude. Prime. And like all of them are either pregnant, already have kids, getting hitched or already married. Like they're somewhere in that phase of like settling. Yes. mm, And I'm just like going to school and playing (laughs) video games. (laughs) Making podcasts. What's up every Wednesday? I'm a part-time florist. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm having a great life. I'm, I feel very happy with what I'm doing. Yeah. But when you, when you start looking at like your friends and like what they're all doing and you're like, Hey, you want to hang out? And they're no, sorry, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's got a soccer game or I have a, I have a doctor's appointment or something like that. And you're like, man, I feel like I'm not doing much. Because <laughs> it's only for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think kind of what we're building towards uh, so far, this podcast is uh, like create your own path. You know, don't think that there is you know, don't, don't look at other people's paths and be like, that should be my path or I'm not going fast enough. Have you gotten online. caught up in that before? Um, I think I got caught up more of it when I was in my twenties, but 
again, like you're saying, especially in like my late 20s when I saw a lot of that happening, like I did kind of get caught up in it because you do you you inevitably do question yourself. Oh yeah. And I think once I hit 30, I just like had this turning point. Like I I waiting for it. Listen, <laughs> like 30 is like uh it's like a jumping off point in a, in a way because you're I think you're on your way to becoming old. You're I mean you're only 10 years away from 40. Like that's kind of crazy. But hear me out. My parents are in their 40s. Hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. <laughs> but you do gain this like this newfound perspective and wisdom when you turn 30. At least I think so. At least most people will. And uh it, you'll you'll look back again at other people's paths and then you'll look at your own and be like this is okay. This is fine. You're I like, mean, no, <laughs> it won't, right? <laughs> so I think when you're 30 and like in, you know, like 30 to 39, like you look at your 20s, you know, and you're like, all right, remove myself from that era. I am, you know, more knowledgeable, have more experience, blah, blah, blah. Mm. So since I'm in my 20s, I pretty much look at like my my teenagehood and I'm like, thank God I am not that asshole anymore. Like. <laughs> And I'll yeah. probably think the same thing when I'm 30. I'm like, ooh, you didn't know shit, you know? Yes. I think you're spot on. Um, because for whatever fucking reason, like every 10 years of your life, you do do that like for self-reflection thing, you know? It's like for whatever reason, 10 years is like that perfect amount of time to look back and be like, I fucked up there. I fucked up there. Okay, I did great there. But, you know, I learned from it and... I'm going to sure. start this new decade of life with uh, this new profoundness <laughs> and, and go on, you know? So I, yeah, I, I think you're, I think you're right. I think you, you're pretty spot on with, uh, with how we look back at things like that, but. But you never got like caught up in like, like, let's say you have like a friend group and they're all like doing a thing or like dressed in a certain way or into something. You're not like, oh yeah, I'm just like part of this. Or like when you move friend groups, then like you like morph. Have you always been like true to like your, I don't know, self, personality, whatever? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because people look at me and they're like, okay, like you seem like a pretty alternative guy, just judging by your tattoos, the way you dress, whatever. And I mean, there there is some accuracy in that. But then like people look at the friends group that I gravitate towards currently because I have gravitated towards a bunch of different grand friend groups over the years. And I still do, but the main friend group that That's I gravitate, cool. toward, gravitate towards now is, is they're nothing like me on the outside. So it like, they take one look at me and they're like, why are you, I don't get, I don't get this, you know? And I've always been kind of the person to, uh, to go against the grain when it, when it comes to judging somebody by their looks type of thing. It's just a lot, a lot more uh, to me than on the outside. I know that sounds really fucking cliche, but I'm just, you know, that's the way it I'm putting it. It can be true, though. It can be true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I guess in a way that's also taught me to be less judgmental of, of others and the people that they carry around them um, and maybe taught me the skill that I have where I can sort of uh, 
I guess, figure out what's really beneath people, people's exteriors. So yeah, that sounded a little bit uh, Hannibal Lecter-ish, but you know, <laughs> you guys so got one. A people <laughs> suit or yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. some fava yeah, beans yeah. and a nice Chianti. <laughs> oh my God. No, I understand what you're saying though. Because when I was in like what I referenced earlier, that's super like Marilyn Manson Wednesday 13 kind of phase. <laughs> um yes. Dude, so there was this bassist in Murder Dolls, little side tangent, who had the front, like, if you go from, like, ear to ear and, like, over the top of your head, like, where you'd wear, like, a headband, the front of that was jet black and long and did that big swoopy, like, emo oh, yeah. type thing. Yep. And then the back of it was bleach blonde and spiked up and short. Yep. And I was like, ooh, I need that exact haircut. Hell and I yeah. had it. Oh yeah. Cut like two feet of my hair off and just bleached it and it was just like this is me <laughs> but in that era i used to hang out with people that like dressed like me and like kind of looked like me and whatever but i never really found like good friendships doing that thing you know going mm. that that route i would usually find good friendships in so, like, my my best friend, Lauren, I met her in high school. We've known each other for almost, like, 10 years now. Um, I met her in art class, and she showed up one day, um, and she was just, like, painting away and doing, like, an awesome job, but I was too scared to talk to her. And then I saw her at, like, um, like a friend's house, like, a couple days after that, and sorry, Lauren, you've told this story many a time, so I don't feel like it's a secret to the internet. But she was just like running around the house and like looking for her purse. And I was just like, Lauren, like, what are you looking for? And she was like, man, I, I lost my weed somewhere. And I was just, <laughs> she was like, I think it might be on the roof. And I was like, hello? <laughs> like, who just leaves things, anything on the roof? On the roof. <laughs> She's like, you don't understand. There was like this, this Nerf gun war and we were shooting whoever showed up from the roof and i think i left my shit up there and i was just like you're a hot mess but i think we're gonna be friends <laughs> <laughs> you ever just meet someone who just doesn't have their shit together and neither do you <laughs> i mean i, I want to say no off of the bat off the bat but like i know that's happened i know that's it's just happened. like you meet someone at that point in your life where you're like I don't have anything figured out and neither does that person. So you could just like panic together or just yeah. like not care together. I'm sure there was like a point in time where I like bellied up to the bar after like a crummy breakup of like a really super toxic relationship mm. and like found that exact person also at the bar. And I was like, let me buy you a shot. <laughs> I don't know why my voice got deeper because that was longer ago Very in my like life. But yeah. <laughs> Hopefully that's, that's not great. me when I'm a dad, but you know, that was me in my mid twenties, you know, going through those toxic, uh, relationships to, you know, figure out what, what was good and what wasn't because at that point I was just more or less just being drunk and depressed and like finding other women that were like that and like this seems like a good match you like getting really fucking drunk and 
That's both that. sad. And you're both sad together, and it's not Ugh. it's not healthy, people. So <laughs> Yeah. They're I've not... had at least one relationship like that where like we're both definitely sad, but we're sad together. I call them drunkationships. <laughs> Interesting and easy to say. <laughs> So, you know, after a few of those, though, it was like a shining light when I finally did date somebody that was, you know, really amazing and all that. So and then, of course, from there, hopefully you build, you know, you just build and build and build because sometimes even those great relationships don't work out. And I think that's also really healthy is and smart to. Even if you do experience something good with somebody for even a short amount of time, what what whatever time it may be, is taking mm-hmm. that goodness and applying that to, heck, even friendships, but applying that to future relationships down the road and building sure. and building on that and like looking looking inward too, because like even after those drunkationships in my mid twenties, <laughs> and and being with with somebody intimately for like two years looking back at that our breakup like wasn't particularly dramatic or anything but it made me still look at myself and go okay well you know it it definitely could have been me it could have been her it could have been both of us it could have just been you know a mutual thing i i really can't put my finger on it but it still, regardless, made me look inside myself and try to figure out, okay, what can I improve so I can be a better partner in the future? Sure. So I guess two things on that. One, is there, like, when you are slash were dating, is there any, like, immediate red flags that you see that you're like, all right, well, you have this many things on like my no list you know so to speak so that kind of like you know ensures so to speak like you definitely won't be a long-term thing like do you have like red flags that you look for nowadays materialism 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 i uh, really (laughs) yeah that's that is huge for me um well the older that i get the more like minimalist my life is i understand like people that are watching the live stream or watch the youtube video you could see some clutter in my house and i i'm not a minimalist by the true word of the of the meaning but i like to keep things simple and nothing like insanely flashy or just whatever comes along with materialism um but that just off the bat is something that i i run away from um recently like up until maybe two years ago, uh, immediate red flags for me were kids without uh, a father figure in the picture. That was like a no-no for me. Yeah, I, I just really didn't want to like deal with that drama of, of whatever could be there or however that may be. And then also long distance relationships too. Um, like that was a no-no? That was a no-no, yeah. But those changed recently, and and yeah, I mean, I'm glad that they did, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think it was just a lot of naiveness, like, just, I I don't think you should comment on those two things unless you try them, and that was kind of the asshole thing of me to do, 
to just kind of judge those two things and put them as red flags before I even tried them truly for myself. Yeah. So little self truth bomb. That. Little self truth bomb <laughs> for myself, you know? You've learned, right? Exactly. Learned. So learn and stuff. <laughs> for me, the red flags were there's not many. I'm a pretty like open person as far as like like where you are in life or type, you know, so to speak. You know, you're understanding. Like, uh, yeah, I'm open to it. You yeah. know, whatever. Because I'm not like you have to have a job, you know, like we can't date unless you have a job. Sure. Um, for me, it's like if you're a do nothing, that's a red flag. Mm, so you don't necessarily cause... have to have a job. But if you're literally doing nothing in life, like you're not at a point where you can care about anybody else. That's very true. And I th I'm glad that you made the distinction between the two. It took a face fall in the dirt to find that out. Mm. But because I used to date somebody who was like, you ever see like a, like a compass in a movie and you know, it's just like spinning and going in crazy circles. There's no any direction towards it. The person I dated was like that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up really quick. Th those are ghosts. You dated a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can just like purge this from my memory. Oh yes. my gosh. No, I mean, it was a learning experience. It was good for a while, but it was always confusing. Yeah. Like that person, they, they went from like job to job to job to thing to maybe studying to another job to being unemployed for a very long time and doing nothing. Mm. Um, and it was always like, this thing is going to happen, but then mediocre follow-through you know so a lot of and like was, a lot of shit talking essentially i don't really know like what was going through their brain but yeah they like talked a big game and didn't have like a lot going on past that yeah and it, it was just like all right dude you know like at the time i was working two jobs just so that we could get all our bills together oh damn because we had rented a house and we did have a roommate, but we had rented this little tiny house and we still had to pay, you know, rent per person. It was split into threes. Right. Um, so then when that person no longer like knew what they wanted to do and were just unemployed for a while, I still had to like figure it out. Yeah. So I got a second job and after like six months of like, all right, dude what are you doing? And they're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, you know, this person has like a side thing and blah, blah. I'm like, I literally can't fucking take it anymore. <laughs> I like you start to like resent that God. person for yeah. like how they are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it's, it's a way different dynamic when you're still living at home and you get to like, you have a, like a room in mom and dad's basement that you guys can hang out in versus, mm -hmm. you know, a house with real bills and taking on that extra financial pressure, especially when you're, you yourself are not like on this like amazing career path or whatever it may be. You're no. still trying to, <laughs> you're, you're, you're scraping by financially yourself. And then when you put this other burden, you know, there without like any consistency, it's just like, yes. yeah, how, how much longer can you, was that, was that like an early twenties 
like late teens? I was 21, 22. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it sounds about right. Like you're like, hey, I'm I'm in my 20s now. I can we should go out on our own. I was the exact opposite. I was like, oh, I'm 21 and I live at my parents' house. Extra money for drinking. <laughs> Yeah, see, and that's how that person was. Like, they were totally fine living at home and saving money. And I has have always been, I've learned to, like, tame this back a little. I was fiercely independent. I was sure. like, I will live paycheck to paycheck within, like, a dollar's range. If I can cover my bills by a dollar, I'll fucking move out. Sure, sure. <laughs> I was never like, Oh, my bills are only 20% of my income. Blah, blah. No, I was like, it's a <laughs> dollar. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I moved them real quick out of like their situation, got a place, and then everything just like went to shit. Mm. So I was like, all right, we got to change it up a little bit now. But see, guys, she learned. She learned. I did. I did. <laughs> Tough Mudder taught me a lesson. Um, I ended up doing Tough Mudder and my roommate in that house like talked me into it and then she oh. failed. Oh. Um, oh, dude, I was so pissed. And then the person I was dating had no interest in doing it. It would only attend as like a spectator if I paid for their ticket. What? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's great. It was real great. That's awful. Um, and it turns out now I'm currently dating um a last minute addition to that team oh okay um, is that how you so, guys met yes that's he awesome showed up extremely hungover <laughs> <laughs> he was like yeah i went out and i had seven doubles of jameson last night let's run 14 miles and i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you but i like it <laughs> yeah i mean like he kept going and i was running in front of him like keep up what the hell's wrong with you and he's just like i'm trying <laughs> and he was the only one with like upper body strength so that really came into play yeah it's definitely uh a feat of uh of all of all parts right like they they get you on the on the physical the mental and of course like individual yes. physical parts yes. you know if you guys yeah, haven't they, checked it out you guys should check out tough mutter i did it two years in a row so i'm technically like a veteran i think that's um, veteran I think that's yeah. for sure veteran status. <laughs> um, the first year you do get electrocuted, just so you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's it's not like what you think, you know, like in like a chair, you know, like electrocution. Right. You know, you're not you're not gonna die, but it is just like a little like you know, like a little like taser kind of. Oh. There's okay. like this this like pergola, which is like an archway with like multiple layers. And then from each of those archways is live electrical cords hanging down. And you have to run through there, through water while jumping hay bales. I've seen that. Yeah, yes. I've seen that. <laughs> My friend Levi got one right to the neck. And oh, he like, no. it, it hit. Oh, I got shocked three times, I think. But it was like in the shoulders and the legs. And I was like, and I like would keep going. Yeah, that's not and nearly as bad. He got it to the neck and like seized up and then fell in the water. Yeah. And <laughs> I would too. I laugh because I'm sick as a human. But <laughs> Poor I felt bad for him. <laughs> Shout out to Levi. <laughs> yeah, he got it right to the neck, but he kept going. He finished. He d he just, you know, had to pass out in the water. <laughs> yeah, just, just a small little nap. It's really fine. Uh, it's a micro the, nap. 
Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Makes you tough. That's awesome. That's awesome. It was great, though. But yeah, I mean, just it, it is so crucial to to have those those experiences, even when like, yeah, <laughs> you have a roommate that bailed, a guy that oh, wanted to pay for he wanted you to pay for him to spectate. Like, yes, come on, come on. Yeah. And it's not like the ticket was like 50 bucks or something. I think it was like $17. Yeah. Yeah. That's. <laughs> yeah. And then I even like gave him money to like get some food while he was there. Cause I knew that there would be like this long portion where like you see them like in the beginning and then like a little bit in the middle and then towards the end, you know, sure. you don't see these people the entire time because the track or whatever is so fucking long. Sure. But yeah. That was definitely a red flag to me. Like, all right, a do nothing and no support. Like, I don't care if I'm backflipping through flaming hula hoops in a leotard. <laughs> if I want to do this shit, just show up. Yeah. That's it. You yeah. can just be there and be like, yay, that's my dumbass girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> don't know why she's doing this, but I love her. You know, just that's it. Take notes, fellas. Take notes. <laughs> right? Just show up. That's half of half of a relationship. It's just being present. Yeah, seriously though. Well, and that's like why you see a lot of relationships that are like two workaholics that never see each other. Oh just like gosh, make yeah. the worst parents and also just the worst relationship, period. Because they're never Ooh. just physically there. Yeah. And then like time is passing. You've experienced things. You're slowly becoming a different person. And then mm. when you really like get back in touch with each other, you're like, oh, this is different. You know, yeah. like you didn't grow together. You kind of grew for it and came back together. So yeah. Especially for like generations that are older than us going back to like that age group. Sure. But, you know, they th there's probably a lot of times where they got married at 18 to 20 and mm -hmm. they they both became you know, they both excelled at their individual career paths and they became workaholics because of that. Or they did end up working extremely long hours or whatever it may be, or schedule conflicts, whatever it may be. And then, mm -hmm. you know, they're going through their mid twenties when like you, you develop, you really do like develop your brain actually fully develops when, by when you're like 25 or whatever. I think and that's then, right, yeah. And then, like, you get into, like, your late 20s or maybe even early 30s if you get that far. And then, yeah, they, they do exactly what you're talking about. They're like, holy shit, this whole time we've just – maybe we had a kid or two. We put them through school. We took them to a sporting thing or, or a recital or whatever and just are going through the motions and just – it's – yeah, I guess it's good if you stay together for the kid. But, like, is it healthy in the long run? I, I I don't know. I don't it's a it's a tough uh It's hard for us to have an input on that since we don't yes. have our own children. That's true. That's true too. In my personal outsider's perspective, if you remove kids from the equation, like as you are and as your partner is, would you still want to be together? I feel like that's very important. Right. Because you know, after kids are grown up and they're moved out or whatever. Then it's just you guys again. That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you'd have to. Yeah. You'd have to take that to, into equation for sure. 
but I would at least try to amongst the chaos and the boogers and the fucking shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was gonna say it. It it could definitely still be impactful, regardless of the age of the kids. But yeah, I mean, I like. I think it's good that it, it that we are taking more time. Our generations, like our younger generations, are taking more time to get married. And uh, are not being so quick to just jump into these things that society deems right at the right time. You know, 18 to 20. Go buy a house when you're 22. Yeah, Yeah, or whatever. Whatever it may be. Whatever societal pressure that is on you. Just remember, it's okay. (laughs) Just just do you. Do you. you. Be happy. (laughs) And now we're like... Go ahead. We're like uh we're like life gurus now. Welcome to the Life Guru podcast everybody. Oh god. <laughs> I give such shit advice. I don't know if I would follow any of this. Maybe just like listen to it, somewhat filter it and then be like, yeah, background noise, you know? <laughs> At least Adrian is being honest with you guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean cuz I've tried to follow my own advice. I'm like, wow that literally exploded into flames. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Oh man. Oh man. Well, I for one am happy that, uh, this, this podcast just brought us a lot of hilarity for one. And for two, I wanted to mention before we do wrap things up, because we are getting close to that time, you guys can find us on Spotify now. Amongst uh, other yes. another couple uh, platforms as well, so please, guys, if you want the audio only versions of our podcast, go check it out on Spotify. We're also on Google Podcasts. We are also on Apple iTunes. So those are like the big three platforms. We're on some smaller ones too, but please, guys, if you want the audio only stuff, by all means, go check us out on those platforms. We're expanding. Yes, We're slowly, slowly expanding. but surely. Yes. I mean, I don't think it's that slow where this is episode 19 and we're on more than one platform. I feel like that's good. And we've been consistent. Yes. So <laughs> despite fucking Christmas, we and thanks- still did a podcast. And that Thanksgiving. Week. We, we, you know, and we, Thanksgiving. and Thanksgiving. So, <laughs> but we love you guys that have stuck with us thus far. I mean, 20 episodes in, I'm excited for episode 20. Like I, I legitimately get excited every 10 episodes. I'm like, Hell yeah, milestone down. So I'm glad. Uh, I just, I like this consistency. Yes. You know, like I, I get to talk to you every week. There are not many people that are friends that are long distance that I talk to for at least an hour every week. That's, yeah, that's very true now that you put it that way. So I'm in the same boat. <laughs> Yay. There's some I mean, of my friends that live down the street that I don't talk to an hour a week. So, <laughs> right. And we just get to shoot the shit. Talk about how I was engaged at 17. And And give amazing life advice. So you guys are welcome. (laughs) But yeah, I've, I've had a good podcast talking about. Definitely. Um, I don't, I think it's just like live and learn. Honestly, like I learned all this stuff because I fucked up so much. Yeah. I don't even consider all of them fuck ups. Like they literally were all lessons. I think, yeah, to expand on that, what I'm going to leave you guys with is don't be afraid to try out dating somebody mm-hmm. because it, it, you know, it doesn't have to be forever. You can date them one time.
time. You could date them five times. You could do one month. You could do five months, whatever. Feel them out. Learn from the experience and take the positive with you and just move forward. Just don't get wrapped up in toxicity, please. <laughs> like, yeah, staying with someone because you're like maybe afraid to be alone. It, exactly. Or because you don't want to like hurt that person. Don't like, do that. <laughs> Oh, it's just gonna be bad it's gonna be bad and i know that you're maybe maybe you're young and you're just naive and, and stuff like that but seriously there's it's again it's so fucking cliche but there's so many fish out there in the sea go out and catch them all do whatever yeah you know? plus being alone is really not that bad like it's some, really not some people say it we're like oh, you're gonna be alone you know like you're just like People automatically think you're going to die alone, you yeah. know, or whatever. Well, you, you end like, up learning to love yourself and like accentuating those things. It's so important. It's for, so it's very important. important. So go out there and I, love yourself. <laughs> yes. Go out there and just love you. Just hug yourself in public. And if yes. anyone says anything negative, be like, you don't love yourself enough. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think we're at about that time. Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this uh, love lessons shenanigans. Shenanigans. I can't even call it advice. <laughs> um, we do put out episodes every Wednesday now on multiple platforms. So go check us out, like, and subscribe and find us on Patreon. And we will be back next week with more probably BS conversation. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys. Bye guys. Bye.